Hello, you're very welcome here to Purple Psychology Podcast, uh, where you're here with Melanie Hoskin and, of course, as always, Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Hello. You're welcome, Nisha. Um, This is episode 86, and we're talking about nature versus nurture. Yes. I did an interview recently, and I said that the podcast is really helpful for me because I get to talk out all the questions in my head. And that really helps me to write articles on them afterwards. Mm. So it's easier to do it the other way around than mm. just to sit down and try and write it. Um, so this is one that I've been kind of struggling with for a while. The reason that this came about was quite interesting. So when I started the school, I did a lot of um, reflection on learning automatically. And I did it with all the different ages. Mm. It was kind of irrelevant to me whether you were 5 or 19. Mm. I did exactly the same work with everybody. Mm. And what the idea was, was that I felt that before Christmas one year, that people didn't understand what their learning style was, and that if they saw the gaps in their learning style, that they would have a better reflection on how to study, particularly the older ones for the mocks. And I decided to do it with the younger ones anyway. And I got this really interesting set of results back, which I kind of looked at and went, oh, they all didn't get the exercise. And then I sat there and went, no, they can't all be wrong. you know. Mm. So what I saw was that the students beyond 15, in the older group between 15 and 18 or 19, quite a lot of them were very kind of linear in how they, they, they categorized themselves. So they had four different blocks of learning type, basically. Mm. And they basically ticked categories in only one box or maybe two. Mm. But the younger students pre-10 all ticked all of the categories. Okay. Right? And I sat down and I thought about this for a while. I thought, well, first of all, they kind of all misunderstood the question. And then I thought about the classes and I thought about all the individuals involved. And I realised that actually, before a certain age, all the people did learn in every way. And that as we approached this age of 15, people started to shut down. And then I was lucky enough that there's certain people that I've worked with pre-10 and thought in a way with all four and I've been able to meet them later in life and mm. realise that they've kept that up Okay. and then there's a lot of people that I've started working with say around 10 who I've watched gradually become more linear as time has gone on okay. and this is quite interesting because some personalities are predisposed to being quite linear and only working one or two ways mm. And some people are predisposed to working in three or four. And those people who work in three or four ways, which I see as multiplicity and taking mm. far more information, are always kind of seen as hopping off the walls. They're always seen as restless. They always get a diagnosis of ADHD. They're seen as massively creative, can't work with you, can't sit in a class, can't mm. learn, right? Mm. And they really don't suit the system. And if you think about how we teach in a conventional school, Mm. we generally only teach in one or two ways. Mm. And this was what was so different about the homework club environment, was the fact that we automatically taught in all four ways. Mm. And you automatically, the idea for me was that you facilitate everyone in the space. But what I now realise is that actually we extended people developing. Mm. And the younger we could work with them, we had this wonderful window of opportunity in what I call this nurture phase. So, so people's nature is their personality, yeah. which I can't really change. Mm. But if I work with them pre-seven, which is the kind of set point for their personality, I can iron out the quirks in their personality. So 
if they're inclined to be hypersensitive and automatically set off, if they're predisposed to having certain conditions and working in a certain way or clashing in a certain way with certain personalities or certain things are difficult in the house or whatever it is. If I work with them pre-seven, it's much easier to iron out those quirks. Mm. Once I work with them after seven, it gets harder. And beyond 10, it gets irreparably more difficult. Okay. Right? Yeah. But And then there's a kind of a sense that beyond 15, if you kind of show somebody who they are mm. and they have that understanding, well, they can start to embrace it and they may or may not change or embrace certain aspects of them in a less negative way. And some personalities will react to that quicker than others, mm. right? Mm. But the the terms of nurture for me is about how you absorb information and how you learn and how you process the world. And that we can change. Mm. And I think that it's a huge factor in how we are functioning at the moment with people mm. because we're living in an environment now where we want people to do all sorts of things for us and to be massively creative and to think outside the box and to be able to have such a diverse mm. um, sense of interests and ways of working and changing with the times and be really dynamic mm. and do all of these things. Like I probably will record an episode before Christmas on the changes in the third level environment at the moment where I think people are really struggling. Mm. And interestingly, those environments are not allowing people to process the world any better. Mm. Um, but we haven't set them up to do mm. that. And a lot of the challenges in the way are all to do with their nature and their personality. Mm. Those are all the things that we're hitting. Mm. So, so we're not getting this right in any sense. We're not mm. giving people a sense of themselves we're not doing that young enough. We're not allowing them to process the world in more ways. And the more that you allow people to do that, the more beneficial it is for helping people to work with, say, literacy difficulties. Because yeah. I, I find that I've got, this, I've got this golden window of opportunity to tap into. Mm. Um, and I just realised that by pure fluke initially... Yeah. And then I started realising when I was working with people and I was lucky enough to see people go beyond the milestones. So in school, could, are there kids uh, being held back or being... Um... I would argue that they all are because the ones that need to work in a variety of ways mm. are seen as an inconvenience mm. and they're seen as chatterboxes, they swing their chair legs, they fidget... They need time out. Mm. They need stretch breaks. We've got all sorts of names and labels for it now, right? Um, I've seen a lot of the occupational therapy reports. Mm. And essentially, these people absorb information in more than two ways, which is a beneficial thing. Yeah. And if we don't make them feel really bad about themselves when they go out into the work environment, they have the potential to be massively creative, Yeah. right? The people who are predisposed to being very linear... Um, they don't really suit us in our modern world. Mm. We don't want really boring people anymore. We don't, we ha we don't have um, 
factories for those people to go into. Like education has, a lot of people have argued about this, that it hasn't kept up with the times, that a lot of education was originally designed for the Industrial Revolution and to mm. fit into certain roles. And we mm. don't have those roles for people anymore. Yeah. And that yeah. goes back to our retirement episode yeah. we recorded yeah. a few weeks ago because that, that whole arena has shifted yeah. in the way that people yeah. are thinking. And so we don't want linear people. So the people who are predisposed to being linear, we're making sure they're linear. Right. So they're not particularly help, helpful either. Okay. So, so where, where, where do people go from there? Where... Well, for me, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like, you just need to teach people in, in multiple ways. You need to embrace the fact that some people naturally do that. You need to allow them to bring that to other people. And you need to realize that there's a cutoff point in age when you can maximize mm. on that. Mm. That there's no... What, what we tend to do in education, if you think about this logically, is we tend to be twice as controlled about people when they're younger. Um, we'll, we'll have the first class in school that we don't really care what they do. We then seem to give them the really obnoxious, strict teacher for their second year in and really hem them in and, and control them. So they're between the ages of seven, between six and seven. Then by seven we have a completely different focus regardless of what your religion is all religions focus on people being very religious at the age of seven between seven and mm. ten which is a very logical reason for which i can see in personality development why people choose to do that in mm. every 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 religion across the world mm. and then we we gradually contain people and contain people and contain people and then we try to flick a magic switch maybe where we start asking people their opinions again at 16 or 17. Mm. By which time we've lost the window of opportunity for them actually to have one. Okay. God, it's a minefield, isn't it? It is a minefield, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people have tried to talk around this topic. Mm. And I don't think that they've... And a lot of people have taught about the difference between nature and nurture. And people always ask me, you know, what does your personality matter? And I always say that your personality determines how you're going to react to the environment. So both matter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any more to add on that? No, I think there's enough there for people to chew That's on. a lot of food for thought. Do get in contact if you have anything, any feedback on that. Uh, thanks, Marlene Nisha, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you.